Welcome to Fashion Cast, the fashion industry's premier podcast where we explore all things fashion, from designers and the latest trends to sustainability and breaking fashion news. We keep you informed. Now, enjoy the show with your hosts, Michael Gloucester and me, Christine Tuktuk. On this episode of Fashion Cast, we welcome Alex Penedis, Genealogia Brand Director, North America. Alex has held key management roles at the internationally acclaimed sustainable high-tech denim manufacturer for almost nine years. Charged with integrating Genealogia's eco-driven technology with the international apparel industry, Alex seeks to materially impact the global environment. Alex has earned multiple undergraduate and graduate degrees in economics and business, owns a business consulting firm, and speaks six languages. Alex is joining FashionCast via Skype from Valencia, Spain. Hi, Alex. Welcome to FashionCast. Thank you. Genealogia was launched in 1994. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of your company? Sure. Yes, it's a family history, kind of. Uh, You know, it all started in the early 19th century. Our founders, grandparents were in the textile uh, uh, industry. Well, they started a textile shop, okay? So uh, selling, you know, apparel. But then uh, they decided to go into fabrics, okay? And uh, and so so the the story continued for several generations. Today, I don't know, you guys are familiar, but there's a very renowned male here in Spain called Royo. So that Royo fabric that you will see around the world, it's, you know, part of the history of this family. However, they kind of split up and and, uh, our founder, uh, Jose Vidal, and his nephew, Enrique Silla, decided to go for a sort of a consult a denim consultancy uh, office uh, back in the late 80s okay and so they kind of had something really clear in mind which was okay let's have innovation as the main driver let's have scientific facts and measurements as as a as a you know a an indicator of what has has to be done and since you know that those two factors of innovation and science uh, blended together with fashion into or on what they loved at that at that point as professionals of denim, which was jeans, jeans blue jeans. They loved them and they were fanatics of blue jeans. They decided to call the company Genealogia, so the science of jeans. So the history goes way back. So, so is your mission in 2021 the same as it was when you first started? Well, it was uh, our intention back then was to transform the industry, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, to transform the, the denim industry uh, in the early stage. Um, today, we still have that dream. And in fact, we have a date. Uh, that, that date is 2025. So... We all our innovation roadmap for technologies, uh, processes, software. We also develop software. Um, everything that deals with denim and jeanswear, we have a date, 
2025, and we call it, we call that, let's say that objective mission zero, the complete elimination of water, chemicals, and waste of jeansware due to the product redesign and engineering and technology that we are developing. So I love it. Yeah, I hear it takes around 25 gallons or water or so to create a pair of jeans. Is that true? That's only with the for the washes, okay, for the wow. finishing of the, of the but um, in liters, I can tell you in liters that that be well that probably would be around two thousand liters. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. From the cotton growth to the final stage in production, which is the finishing. So without giving us all your secrets, how do you plan on eliminating water? How are we eliminating water? Well, actually, it was the journey to here was complicated, was complex. Okay, it was not easy. But if you think about it, it's, uh, you know, if you have, if you see the overall picture uh, of how we finish garments since the early times in history until today, it's a very easy thing to do, okay? It's uh, because we were, we've been historically as human beings so inefficient while dying, you know, color dyeing uh, apparel. So everything we do, we do it with a lot of water. We do it with a lot of chemicals because it has to go with all the water that we use. And then afterwards, when you use that little amount of, of chemicals and we waste much of it, then we, t- we pour all the water all the dirty water out and just let go. Water, cooling down water, all that energy that, you know, that moves the entire process is just so inefficiently used that if, if we just had to think of a different way and think out of the box, we could achieve, you know, fantastic results. When you optimize your resources, and you don't get any waste out then of the of the circuit then you become sustainable okay so it's 2021 your objective is to have mission zero accomplished by 2025 and so you're at the back end of this where are you in terms of this like hto reduction where are you at are you going to make it is really the question yeah well technologically speaking we would be on the roadmap for that objective, we're about 70% achieved. We've already achieved about 70%. We are, today we're able to finish a pair of jeans with just one glass of water, okay? Wow, what a, what a big difference. So the idea is to split up very reduced amount of water uh, amongst larger quantities of production, okay? And, and we are getting there. We're getting there not only by using other transporters rather than water. We are using nanobubbles. We're using air. We're using other ozone to achieve the same effects. So without water. So we're not only doing that with certain technology, we're also creating systems to optimize the little water that you will still need for rinsing, for instance, or for, you know, taking all the soap off. Right. It's very, very innovative. And you start to think, can Genealogia 
map over the same process into other textile areas rather than just denim. Has the company thought about that or is that not possible or is it possible or what are the pain points in trying to do that in terms of the other textile? Yeah, well, that's a very good question, Michael. Like, the story is that we started from cotton, from cotton blended with other fibers uh, and, other, and other components. And then little by little, we've been moving on to not only denim, but also knitted apparel. Um, so for color dyeing, we are having beautiful projects with the most relevant companies in the market. It's been published, so we work together with Polo, Ralph Lauren into a water reduction project for their polo shirts. This is something that we've been developing for the past two years. It's going to be in the market very soon. Uh, we're also treating wool, so woolen garments that, you know, give certain problems or, you know, that consume certain chemicals that are, you know, are harmful. So, yes, we are transferring this denim knowledge into other product categories and other fibers as well. And we're on the path. Alex, generally, who is Genealogia's client base? Mm-hmm. Okay, originally, Genealogia, let's say that focused on in industries, okay, so industrial companies, companies that uh, have big factories that, or small factories, doesn't matter, companies that, that have industrial processes that have a big impact in the environment and on, on the people. And those were historically, those have been our, our clients. However, we understood about 10 years ago that it was brands, the ones that would or could really make an impact in the market, okay? The ones that ultimately would connect and educate final consumers into sustainability and responsible activities, okay? So we created an area in Genealogia not only dedicated to industrial clients, but also dedicated to brand-oriented activities. We are trying to help both ends, brands to offer what their customers want and what's good for those customers, and the uh, industrials and manufacturers that, you know, need to propose new solutions to brands that, are, that really comply to the new times and new requirements. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. If there's roughly, approximately, 6 billion pairs of jeans manufactured every year, and roughly 1.7 to 2 billion of those are through the genealogia process. So someone's using that process to manufacture a third of all the genes. So two-thirds are not being manufactured that way. So we're still, I'm assuming in this kind of pollution phase for two-thirds. How do you convince the two-thirds that aren't using it they ought to be using it? You know, what, what are the obstacles for those other manufacturers? And I see what you're saying. You're saying, look, we're not just a technology company. We're also kind of an education company, too. So that's an interesting, you know, way to look at it from our side. But I'm just wondering, how do you get the other two-thirds, or do you, or what are the pain points? And it, 
this is a big industry. I get that. There's, it's, it's about money. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we understand there's a lot of, and there's some politics and there's a lot of things going on here. But are those some of the pain points too? I mean, what, what are the biggest obstacles you face in getting that other two thirds to, to jump on board? Yeah, well, this, uh, yes, that's a very good question, Michael. The story here is that, that, you know, the laundries and the manufacturing companies are scattered all over the world. They are countries that are newer into this supply chain network and, and, and there are others that are, you know, let's say the, the initiators. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm thinking now about, you know, when we used to produce in Europe or when we used to produce in the U.S., okay, and all those factories were high-tech back in the 70s, 80s, okay, and then just they, they, they got outdated and they never replaced, you know, because they were substituted by other countries that started to become more competitive and so brands just moved to those countries and and so they never thought about renewing their equipment because you know it, it had been already paid for and any particular new garment that entered the factory could you know get that margin that at least you know made me survive this is changing okay this is changing mainly for two reasons on one hand you have new businesses, new industries, new uh, business opportunities beyond apparel. You have high tech, you have communications, you have, you know, computing, you got all kinds of new industries that are more appealing to capital to invest on. Apparel is become, let's say, a basic consumption good. However, the opportunities here in the sense that first, there might be companies that won't continue, okay? Probably because they do something else and the laundry or the manufacturing facility shuts down, okay? Those will disappear. Then there is the ones that are in the good areas around the world and those ones, those guys, Pakistan, you know, Bangladesh in the past, uh, Vietnam now or Egypt, they got the money, they got the business, they are going to invest, they're going to invest they are part of those two thirds that are still there uh, waiting for re the reconversion, okay? But to me, the most, I would say, exciting story comes from the side of those who will want to begin again in our areas, in our Western hemisphere, in, in certain parts of Europe, in certain areas and states in the US, um, those guys, First might be might come from other industries, other businesses, even high tech businesses are appealed by apparel because it's something tangible, something that you can touch, something organic. It's not a, a, a bit or it's not a, a digital <laughs> right. file. So they see it, they feel it, they wear it on. So they might be excited and also attracted by investing on the new high tech uh, facilities. Okay. But also the old school families that want to survive, that want to get this new wave of technology, um, I'm sure, and that, that really love and have passion for the product, I'm sure they will 
go and take this next ride. I believe it's a fantastic opportunity to establish uh, high-tech facilities um, connected with other areas in the world. This doesn't have to produce every, everything that's not, is not going to, by the way, it's not going to be produced everything uh, uh, locally, but at least, you know, we will get to a certain percentage of production that will be very interesting around, we, we estimate around 20% of the production for brands will be produced locally nearby the markets, uh, uh, you know, um, and on demand, which is even even better for sustainability purposes, because you won't produce what won't be sold. You will just produce fast what has been sold and will be delivered in 25, 48 hours. So that's that type of technology we're working on, and we are setting up these type of factories uh, in proximity to areas in the U.S., areas in, in Spain or in, 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 in Europe, and this, was, this will happen. And that will colonize that two-thirds that are still remaining. So let's talk about the worldwide market, specifically for denim jeans. How large is the market, and how many pairs of jeans are produced annually? About 5 billion pairs of jeans are produced every year. The market is growing. Right now, it's uh, in a very special, let's say, moment where there's many brands that are either collapsing, disappearing, but there are other brands, they appear with a new DNA of sustainability and, and circularity as well. So the market, you know, it, it's still to grow. I mean, there are areas in the, in, in the world that are not typically using jeans okay they are not they do not wear jeans and those areas are big populated countries like where like the mid east well china mid east uh india i mean those guys are not very into denim they have never been into denim but take into consideration that everything that's synthetic is kind of at least risky for sustainability reasons Everything that's organic uh, and natural, if it's well-treated and thoughtfully conceived and designed and, and, and produced, has a lot of, uh, of future because we will tend towards a more circular economy and also to a, a more responsible consumption. But why has the Japanese have embraced the whole gene kind of culture and you know, but then uh, on the same, on the same kind of um, level of thought, parts of other parts of Asia have not. Does that have to do with the political atmosphere there, or the fact that it's a democracy, or you know what is happening? And, and of course, they go crazy over genes, right? I mean, isn't that one of the top markets in the world? And I was going to say, Michael, there's some areas in the Middle East, such as Dubai, who's really big into sustainability. Right, right. And, and listen, for those who do not have the legacy of a, an ancient and old industry, for those, it's much easier 
to start from what's good, you know, than from, you know, from what's not good. So all new countries, any new country that gets into this industry will probably already get into a high tech level that will already be sustainable. So going back to your question or to your thought about Japan, well, I, I adore Japan, I adore Japanese, and in, in, in they're as enigmatic as anything. So in terms of denim, yes, they are, you know, denim lovers. They have, you know, probably the best fabrics and most beautiful denim garments that I've known, that I've seen. And uh, the reason why that has not been transferred to the other regions of Asia, as you said, is probably because of political restrictions. You know, that denim and jeans is being historically associated to capitalism and to Western cultures. And yeah, I mean, this, this, uh, it's obvious that, that this has not been embraced by, by many Asian countries so far. Okay, we will be right back after this commercial break from Omay Organics. Hi, I'm Christine. You may know me as co-host of Fashion Cast, but I'm also the founder and CEO of Omay Organics. I believe skincare should be simple. Our hyaluronic cream is all you need to nourish your skin morning and night. Sourced from the highest quality organic ingredients from around the world, and manufactured in an FDA facility right here in the USA, this incredible cream works to firm, deeply moisturize, and smooth the appearance of your skin. Please visit omeorganics.com and use promo code FASHIONCAST to receive a 15% discount off your first purchase, and you will receive our monthly newsletter free. Now, back to the show. So Alex, assume I'm a designer in New York. I want to start an organic denim jean line and I come to Genealogia and ask you, how are you going to assist me? After you've selected the right fabrics, the fabrics that, you know, which fibers are more, most sustainable and, 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 and they're, you know, um, you know, companies that, that provide you with those types of fabrics, then it comes our, 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 our metier, our, our job, okay? And our job is to look beautiful. First of all, what we do is to uh, help you out on the good selection of fabric. How do we do this? We've uh, developed an entire protocol for assessing and evaluating from all fabrics that you can uh, uh, select from, we can help you out select the one or the best ones that will perform better at the end of the finishing process. It means that it will have the brightest look, it will have the nicest shade, it will have the beautiful organic high and lows um, of, of the typical genes that's being uh, worn out, uh, it has the, you know, it fades down the best. So for that, we have, a, we have created a scientific protocol and measurement. We call it light sensitive fabric test. So we will evaluate your selection, first selection of fabrics and we'll tell you these two, these three, this one will be the perfect one. So after that, we will tell you, okay, 
what do you want to achieve? What type of a look do you want to achieve? I want it clean, beautiful, nice. So we will tell you how to achieve that particular look, but with the least resources possible. So then the question comes and says, oh, but that will be very expensive. So sustainable gar uh, sustainable garment will be more, more expensive than a non-sustainable garment. And the, the, the answer is no, not at all. And the common sense will tell you that if you save up water, you save up chemicals, if you save up energy, and if you chose the right fabric and you bought at a better price more quantity of that particular fabric that, was, that will perform better, on the overall account, you will have a benefit. And at the end of the day, when you are a designer, you will tell me, yes, Alex, but how do I know that I've been very sustainable? Because I know that I just, you know, wasted less water, less chemicals, and so on. So we will help you out measure the exact impact. So we have a tool that's a universal tool today. It's, a, become, a, it's become a standard software called the EIM software, environmental, EIM stands for environmental impact measure. You will know as a designer, if you had a super low impact on four basic variables that are the ones that I just mentioned before. So chemicals, water, labor condition, and energy. And energy also means carbon footprint. So we translate that energy, consumption reduction onto, on, into lower carbon emissions. So at the end of the day, you have all the formula, all the recipes. We give you all the tools. We give you the recipe. And the, the, the creativity is yours. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, a quick question. As a, as a consumer, is there any way that I can confirm that the genes that I'm purchasing were indeed manufactured with the Genologia technology? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a beautiful thing also. Um, I mean, and I'm very proud of it. Uh, the EIM, the, the software that I just mentioned, was created, and this is an inside story, it was created as a measurement tool uh, for us at Genologia uh, 15 years ago. Uh, we wanted to know you know, what was our impact when, you know, yes, finishing the garment. So we created that software, okay? But, you know, all we, we said, okay, if we use this, and it's, it, it's good. I mean, we, we just tested it, we use it, and we know that's good for us. Why don't we just share it with the rest of the industry? So we actually made a second version of the EIM, which is the one that's been prevalent ever since, which was a universal software that is an open platform. So no matter if it's, no matter if a factory has our technologies from Genealogy or some, some other ones, uh, technologies, uh, they can still plug it in in the software and, and figure out what their impact is. It's one of the things I love about this company is because uh, it seems like Genealogia is really a leader and you're not flaunting your leadership. You're kind of just doing it. You know, there's none of this, hey, look what we're doing. Let's have a conference. Let's have a big meeting. 
can we get uh, the UN involved? It's none of that. You've just, for 27 years, you've just been doing what had to be done. So are you seeing other companies or the industry at large approaching you to say, hey, we could really use your advice or we could use your leadership or we could use your counsel in terms of this whole sustainable fashion movement? Yeah, we've always been open to, to collaboration and to, to, you know, uh, team, team up, teaming up with, 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 with organisms, institutions, uh, schools. For us, schools are very important because they are, you know, the future of this industry. And there are many future designers and product, you know, designers and managers that w- we would love them to understand since they're younger uh, stages what they can achieve so yes i mean it's it's it, we yes as you said i mean we're here we've been here for the past 27 years 28 years uh just trying to improve every day can we invest in genealogia well someone did invest recently didn't they there was a, a private yeah. equity company out of new york which is really environmentally conscious and so forth. Um, yeah, Carlisle yeah. Group. So that's exciting too. That's very exciting. So um, so let me leave you with this question is, so we're interested in, in setting up a uh, manufacturing company right here in Detroit with Genealogia. You know, how is that going to happen? Is that a possibility? Wow. I think it's, it's probably <laughs> not only possible, but also very desirable, and I think it's going to happen. You know, the leaders of these projects, or this project in Detroit, uh, you know, the leaders are very determined. We will be, not only us, huh, there's an entire bunch of companies believe in, in this dream, and we think that it, it will be fantastic to get Detroit back into activity and new, te- new technology activity. And hopefully 2022, we'll see it, I hope. Wow, so you're telling us there's, act- I mean, this is breaking fashion news, isn't it, Christine? That, I mean, there's actually something in the works for, for Detroit and manufacturing. Yeah, well, yes. yeah, that's cool. That's really, really cool. That's, that's a great way to leave, yeah. you know, the interview. So, Alex, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for appearing on FashionCast. The honor has been mine, and, and, and also the pleasure. It's been fantastic to talk to you guys. Uh, uh, I hope to, to be back in the U.S. very soon, hopefully in November, when, you know, they, you know, they open doors to Europeans. So. Come and visit us. We'll, we'll have to do an on-site uh, yeah. podcast, Christine. Come, yeah. <laughs> Come to the That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I will try. I, I will yeah, definitely go. Fun. I don't know when, but I, I will, will probably, as I said, very soon in 2020. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so and much. And I will call you. I will connect. Beautiful. Thank you again. Perfect. Yeah. Take care. Okay. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also visit us on our website at fashioncast.com podcast.com.